Article 8. On the Person and Work of the Holy Spirit. Part 2. Continued from the Winter 2023 issue of The Watchman. By Stephen M. K. Brunswick. The unique word for the comforter, or advocate, shows up in the Greek only five times. It's the word paraclete. It's nearly always translated to the English as the word comforter. One time, it was translated as advocate. Throughout the passages where the word is used, it is indicated that Christ is our comforter, but then also when he goes away to be with the Father, that another, not he himself, but part of the Godhead, will come, named the Holy Spirit. He is clear that the Holy Spirit will also be with us. Another Comforter We also learn, as covered in this article, that he is in us personally, working through our bodies as witnesses or living testaments that express praise of Christ. The personal pronouns of he, as well as in the original language, are repetitiously used when referring to the Holy Spirit. Christ said, I tell you a truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. From John 16, 7. 1 John chapter 2, verse 1 reads, My little children, these things write I unto you, that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. The other comforter that would comfort us would be in some comparable way as Christ personally comforted the apostles. He is here, but as the saying goes, my people perish for lack of knowledge. People often do not realize that they do not believe the word, or they miss the fact he already fulfilled something immediately when he said he would, yet people still do not realize it and live below their spiritual privileges, like he wants for us to all have in the blessings of Abraham that came on us by the blood of Jesus Christ. As he said that we are the head, not the tail, above and not beneath, lend and do not borrow, walk in health, not in sickness, walk in prosperity, not in poverty, etc. We are to thank him, abounding therein in thanksgiving as we grow in Christ. He is the comforter who God promised he would send in John 14, 16 and verse 26, John 15, 26, and 16, 7. The Fruit of the Spirit This brings us to the next vital topic, where all nothing without love. As 1 Corinthians 13 says, we must guard and maintain the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5 verse 22. Love, joy, and peace. He gives us the power to maintain, to grow, to partake of them, and to share and enjoy them. You may also correlate the armor of God in Ephesians 6 to the fruit of the Spirit as protecting these positive, vital aspects in the life of the believer. The Psalms of David include many references to these armor pieces, namely the shield of his faith and the buckler of his truth in our daily spiritual warfare. As the Holy Spirit empowers us to do anything good, we know for sure that he leads us to protect and cultivate such fruit in our lives. He also gives us many commands to root out the weeds growing out of the flesh, the thorns and the thistles, the ingratitude for anything that subtracts from the fruit. For example, he said to remove all anger and allow no root of bitterness to remain. Some people think we need to make a place in our garden for weeds to grow, such as anger. However, there is no such allowance. Quite the contrary, in fact. There is never any shortage of anger, 
and we know that anger is destructive. God's word indicates that we should not let the sun go down on our wrath. In Ephesians 4.31, Paul exhorts us to remove all anger from our lives. When we remove it and keep it out of our lives, there is room for more of the fruits of the Spirit to grow, and we can then see clearly. Since anger fogs the vision, we should eliminate it from our lives. We need to feed others with that love, joy, and peace. These typically come from whatever shared joys, love, and appreciation we store as treasures in our hearts. As all good things come from God, why do we not camp out here at the gates as we enter his gates with thanksgiving and express that appreciation toward the others of his kingdom who he has brought into our lives? Guiding us into all truth. The Comforter himself, the Holy Spirit, is called the Spirit of Truth. He will lead us into all truth. We have this promise for those of us who continue in his word. They shall know the truth, and the truth will make them free. From John 8, 31 and 32. When he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you unto all truth, for he shall not speak of himself. From John 16, 13. So we see another aspect. The actual physical leading into the truth is that equivalent comforting nature that Christ gave in his absence of being with us. However, he leads us from the inside, from his word, not by the deceitful carnality in the world. May we all grow in him and operate in the one named the Holy Spirit, who is the most powerful spirit, the comforter himself. It is he who will enable and shepherd us as Christ protected and shepherded his apostles. As we read, he will lead us into all truth. So we see that without intervention, anointing, and working of the Holy Spirit, quickening our mortal bodies as his temple, we will not seek after God, and we especially will not be keeping the most crucial signs of his working to turn people to Christ. We in Christ will be busy praising him, as Paul indicated. Only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ. From Philippians 1.27 That is, Firstly, that he came, died, was buried, and rose again according to the scriptures in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 3-4. Some people might be ready for radical revolutions in their lives, but not all around us are. We are not to discourage anyone to slow down on their approach. However, scripture does say that the Spirit does things in an orderly fashion. From 1 Corinthians 14:40 and Colossians 2, verse 5. Praise God that we know his power is working in us any time we seek to do what he called good. It should be done in love and in victory as we do things in order. That is proof he loves us and is working in our lives. The divine himself is then manifesting into our lives, and it is good for us to see and give credit back to God, not of our own works, lest any man should boast. To him be all the glory. The Bible tells us not to be deceived as little children when the good things happen from our bodies. It is his righteousness. He that doeth righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. 1 John 3.7 He does it through the miraculous power of the Holy Spirit, not of our own strength, but as yielded vessels from Romans 6.13 and 19. We are to be filled with him as his witnesses on the earth. Be filled with the Spirit. Stir up the gift of God that came from laying on of hands. As we trust and obey, 
Our bodies are then indeed the temple of the Holy Spirit. As the Holy Spirit does as is received from the Son and the Father, taking no credit for himself, so also we are to do. We are like unprofitable servants, only doing that which is our duty to do. Our fleshly minds and fleshly bodies should get no credit, but fall into line with our spirit nature. Even then, our Master Yahweh God, the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit should get all the glory for the inspiration as well the ability to do it. The Holy Spirit will lead us into all truth. All God asks for is a simple faith, or for us to meet him halfway on the points he clearly gave for responsible obedience. If there is true faith, there will be some actions on his word. If in doubt about his word, there is safety in a multitude of counselors. You can always reach out to other elders who hold the main doctrines to help teach these deeper divine truths. There's a popular myth going around that the Holy Spirit may lead people to break his word, that is, scripture. However, that part of the lies in the great falling away. We are to try the spirits to see whether they are from God, from 1 John 4, verse 1. We are to discern whether we are dealing with an unclean spirit or the Holy Spirit. We know about the fruit, but emotions are often a difficult gauge, ever-changing like water. God gave us clear standards in his word that enable us to tell whether we are coming near the broad path of destruction or the narrow path of life. Mainly, we have his word. Thy word is a light unto my path, as guidelines to the true light. A major guidepost for the true path of life is found in Isaiah 8, verse 20. To the law and to the testimony, if they speak not according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. Also, see Revelation 12:17. Regarding the gifts of the Spirit, even in the most flamboyant ones, these are encouraged. However, there is always a way to ensure it is done in an orderly manner. The Didache says to let the prophets give thanks as often as they desire. However, that is under the subheadings of the Eucharist, communion, itself, which is the word thanksgiving in Greek, where in each gospel says Christ gave thanks at the Last Supper. This type of thanksgiving, taking communion, is an orderly act, sacred, reverent, repentant, and done with a strong reckoning of the worthily approach of being one with the body of Christ Jesus himself. In the main list of the gifts of the Spirit, note that a word of wisdom is at the top of the list in 1 Corinthians 12, 8. And James 3:17 tells us that this wisdom is from above, then it is shared with gentleness, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality. In other words, open-minded to learn together and without hypocrisy, but with humility and peace. I'm not saying everyone should be fruit inspectors either, as we will all be accountable on Judgment Day for our own actions. We all have enough trouble to judge our own selves, lest we be judged. We should not judge anyone in Christ, as 1 Corinthians 13 says, Love hopes all things, love believes all things. We are to trust that all those in Christ are quickly confessing any sins and getting back onto the path of life. So for us, it should be only a reward seat rather than a judgment seat. Romans 8.1 reads, 
There is, therefore, no new condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. If you've caught yourself straying off that path of life, even worrying is a sin, God provided us the quick remedy in the Lord's Prayer. Part of that prayer includes the word, Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Both of these aspects work hand in hand and will ensure a true reckoning to get back right with God from the heart. Because sin does separate us from God, we must pursue a full confession and repentance. This is something all Christians should readily do. And if you do, you will quickly reap the rewards and a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit. The general confession, as found in the prayer book, is also a good one for using at any time or starting your day outright with the morning prayer service. Think through the words as you pray. Make sure you're not just going through the motions with your body, but think about in the meanings with your mind. Make the words not just part of your mind, but something you treasure deep in your heart, attitudes, emotions, etc. As we reflect on the words, they become new to us and are more fortified in our hearts. In addition to these biblical prayers, expand your prayer life by doing some new scripture memory verses with your family as we regularly thank him with love. Placing our love upon him, Psalm 91 verse 14, we will more fully enjoy the fruits of the Spirit. The regular prayers found in our liturgies also help to ensure we are not locking the Holy Spirit down in our basement, but have his true biblical tempo of the good news operating within our beings.